0: And Deborah, we want to send them the video so that um, they watch it as if they're here with us today. Uh, because they are still on staff. He is still a board member. Actually, we had a board meeting last night, and he just attends via iPad. So, I mean, my dad even looked over, he goes, I feel like we should put a little hat and jacket on him, you know. I told him this Sunday we should put little wheels on it and wheel them around with us, you know. but this is for Pastor Neil and Deborah also. But Pastor Amy and is did Tom have to stay home with? Okay, Tom had to stay home. Um, but Pastor Amy, if you'd come up. Pastor Denny, is Josie here? She's working today. All right, so we got the single, all the single ladies. Oh no, you're not single lady. Um, but you have Titus with you, so that's good. And Pastor Neil and Deborah, hello, hello. Come here, Charlotte. Come right up here, as if. You're standing right up here with us. Come on, come on. You're standing in for Pastor Neil and Deborah, so he wants to. They want to see all these smiling faces too. So point it that way. I know we're really gonna embarrass you. Yeah, go ahead. Give them a wave. Hello, hello, Pastor Neil and Deborah. All right, well, Shannon, my administrative assistant, created these explosion boxes, which I just love. I got one Wednesday night. Um, So when you pick it up, please be careful. Don't let it fall apart. But we've got one for Pastor Neil and Deborah as well. But these we've filled with a bunch of goodies from you, the church, from the board, for the pastors here Like I said, I got mine Wednesday night from Shannon, so I already enjoyed it. Shannon and Jason put one together for me. All right, but would you do this before we hand out the gifts? Um, Would you guys, the board, if you're here, um, I know my dad. Um, Hello, Shannon's part of the board. Dave, would you guys come up and um, let's just pray over... Amy and Denny and of course Pastor Neil and Deborah, um, we're praying for you as well. And let's just put an extra blessing on them. So would you, I know you just sat down, but would you stand and and just stretch your hand this way? Um, I'm going to stand by you, but I want you to pray. They can hear you on my microphone, okay? No, just do it. Do it, Dad.
1: God just bless these pastors that have taken on the responsibility
0: and yes. the jobs
1: and the shoes that they have to fill. And yes. Thank you for that. God just encourage them all the time and give them strength. And, and yes. God bless their families and bless them for yes. their extra efforts and work. Jesus
0: name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. We couldn't do this without these guys. Seriously, they—they um, they are amazing rock stars that have been working hard um, behind the scenes. You, you don't—you just don't understand. Um, I, I have them at my beck and call at all hours of the night, even so. Um, Continue to pray for them, continue to bless them, Um, but as you take your box, please remember if you lift that lid, it will explode on you, um, which means it's going this way. but be careful. But also, hey, if you guys see these, I'm going to do a little plug in for Shannon. Um, she makes it. I already told her I need to order three of them for Christmas time for my family. So they are amazing. You get to stuff it with whatever you want, but you can place your order with Shannon. Oh, and I get another card. Thank you. All right. Um, bye, Pastor Neil, Deborah. Goodbye. We love you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. Last week we began, um, I don't want to call it a series, it's more of just a progression of messages that are building one on top of the other. Um, And last week we talked about adopted, the covenant child. And that when you say yes to God, when you, you know, the divine proposal, I've called it, where he says, will you be my one and only and I'll be your one and only, when we say yes to him. God adopts us into his family and we become a covenant child which is this holy agreement relationship that he says I will do and he lists all these promises and remember though with every promise there's a condition you do this and I'll do that kind of like a regular parent is with a child right it's usually unspoken until they get old enough to realize and then you start speaking some specifics to them. Um, But the covenant child. And let me just say, by the way, BTW, right? By the way, if you are, because I know we have a lot of foster um, and adopted children uh, among us. If you are an adopted child and you have fallen prey to the lie that I am less than... Uh, I'm rejected, I've been, you know, abandoned, I'm never going to amount to because I am. It's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Um, For one thing, look at Moses. One, One adopted child, Moses, was... The one that God chose to lead his people out of bondage. He's called the one that delivered them, the Old Testament deliverer, you know, a foreshadow of of the New Testament, Jesus, Moses, the great one, you know, adopted child. So don't ever fall into that lie that you are somehow less than or never can do because you have been. All right, sorry, that was a freebie. Once you accept Jesus as your Savior, you are adopted as a covenant child. Like I always use, like a marriage arrangement. Not arrangement, oh Lord. Agreement, not arrangement. We don't want no arranged marriages. Well, I don't know. Maybe we should get back to that. But agreement. That it's a covenant. You make vows. You agree to abide by those vows. To forsake all others. It's the same thing. And focus on them. That, that, that it's then that God grafts you into, adopts you into as his holy covenant child and he grafts you in. And I know we don't use that term very much today or maybe you do. Where's Vicky? She's always my... There you are. Maybe you do use that if you're a planter or if there's a technical term for one who gardens well. Oh, Jackie, hey, yeah. You know, maybe you do use that term. But that's, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Actually, the title of today's message is called Grafted In. Grafted In. So in Romans chapter 11, um, I guess I should have ch- turned there too. In Romans chapter 11, starting with verse 17. It says, if some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not boast over those branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, well, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief. And you stand by faith. So do not be arrogant, but be afraid. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in their unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature, and contrary to nature, were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? It is by belief. We, by belief, and let me pause right there and remind you, to believe is not just an inner feeling. It's a resolute decision, a choice. I know who it is or what I believe. And it has to have actions to prove it. That's what the original definition of believe is. It's not just, I believe, I believe I can fly, you know, until I step off the building, you know, you can say all you want to say. Belief is twofold. It has to be an inner resoluteness and actions to prove it. So we, okay, so then on pause, we, by belief, are those who are going to be grafted in or who have been grafted in? Now let me tell you, it's Romans 10:9 that says that if you confess with your mouth, see there's an outward action of what you believe inside, that Jesus is Lord, which means he's my Lord. And you have to again, understand what it means to have a Lord. It's one that you serve, it's one that you obey, it's one that gives you directions and you follow, you know, lordship. We don't, in our western culture, it's hard for us to understand because, well, we can do what we want to do. But we have to come under the submission of Jesus as our Lord. So the mouth that confesses, Jesus is, if you want to insert, my Lord, make it personal. Jesus is my Lord and that God raised him from the dead are those who are saved you will be saved Romans 10 9 says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is my Lord and believe in your heart that resoluteness then inside you that says that God raised Jesus from the dead you will be saved and why is it so important why did he have to say that God raised Jesus from the dead. Do you realize, in the Old Testament, there's over three hundred prophecies that about Jesus coming in the flesh. God's one and only Son will come in the flesh, will die and be raised again. Over three hundred prophecies were fulfilled to the T through the life of Jesus. And do you realize that that I think the the probability. Of one man being able to fulfill eight of those 300 prophecies, I believe it's five, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, right? No, it's hundreds of thousands, millions, billions, trillions. What's the next one?
2: Zillions.
0: Zillions. One in 100 zillion that one man alone would fulfill eight prophecies and Jesus fulfilled 300 prophecies. 300 I can't even calculate out what that number is for one man to fulfill 300 that he died again so you need to understand that's how I think I wrote it down oh way down here wow I'm jumping all over the place I did write it down it is the magnificent detail of these prophecies that mark the Bible as the inspired word of God. It's not just some writings that, that you know, oh, they're good and you can believe some and not believe the other. You have to understand the, the inspired word of God and understand it's not some... Um, you know, And I've heard people call it a love letter. Yes, that's wonderful, but you've got to understand it's not just about truth, it is truth. And that there's not just, it's not just a, a great novel. It's a history book that far outweighs all the other history books ever written. Because it, it lines up, prophecy of God, the spoken word of God with the created word of God, the fulfilled word of God so that it's set in such a way so that you do not have to doubt. So then why do people doubt? It's a choice. God could make us believe but he gives us a free will to choose do you believe? Do you trust me? It's like raising that child. You get to, while they're growing up, you're telling them, you have to trust me, right? Could you imagine if you had a little baby who could talk and reason like an adult? What are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you? I'm hungry. Could you imagine a little baby screaming out from its crib? You promised you were going to feed me. I would never be hungry. I'm hungry now, right? Well, as that baby's growing up, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you didn't allow them to have a mouth and a mind that could reason as an adult does when they're that old. But as they grow up and trusting, 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 and now they're hearing, and now they're understanding That you have a word, hey, we're going to be there in a little bit. When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? Trust me, we'll get there. Right? I'm so hungry, I feel like I'm going to die. You ever have a child say that? I'm starving. You are not going to die, honey. I will feed you. Dinner will be ready in an hour. Well, he's, I know you're saying, where are you going with all this? He's trying to prove to us, see, I spoke it. I fulfilled it. I am a God who does what I say I'm going to do. 300 prophecies. So he says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord, I'm taking that ring, I'm making that covenant decision. And I know, I believe in my heart, I know God is a God who's going to do what he says he's going to do. And he's given me his word to prove it. Now there's that resoluteness with that confession of and that submission to. See how they all go together? That it's those that he says, I will graft in. You will be grafted in. And I want to focus on what it means to be grafted in. When he talks about this in Romans 11... It is by belief. He also warns them, be very careful. And he talked about cutting off the ones that didn't believe any longer or that had wandered over into unbelief. You have to understand that God's chosen people, his holy ones, uh, Israel, the Jews, right? He called them his, his children, and he also said, I've extended my love to the, he calls it Gentiles. The ones outside of the Jews. And he says, don't worry, when you, by Romans 10, 9, confess, believe, you receive, you are saved. He says, I graft you in. You were a wild branch out there. But I've cut you off from that that wild branch and I'm going to graft you in. And he says as if you were originally his from the start. Now listen. He said that those that wandered into unbelief, he cuts out and throws them aside. When Jesus walked the earth, in ministry, his greatest opposition was the ones that were supposed to be the chosen ones of God. And he says, because of your unbelief, I've had to cut you out. But that's okay, I'll graft other ones in. Listen. I chose not to read verse 16, but once you read 17 through 24 like we just did, then you understand verse 16. In verse 16 it talks about if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. There is so much just in that one verse. Jesus was called the first fruit the first fruit that was offered, what? Among us. Those that were going to be resurrected from the dead. Those who are, remember he says, if you believe in me, old man, dead, all things are new. Jesus was the first fruits Uh, Then the whole batch is holy. If the root, Jesus was called the root of David. If the root is holy, it says, so are the branches. John 15, isn't it? Or John 14. John 15 or John 14. He says, we are the branches. He is the vine. We are the branches. We are holy because the root is holy. So see, he's in all these little things that we do all the time. We see all the time, they're all declaring the wonders of his kingdom, and yet we don't slow down or take the time enough to see him. His glory is all around us, his kingdom principles can be seen in everything. In the dough, in dough, he can be seen his kingdom principles. In a a bush, a tree, a vine, a branch, he can be seen and his kingdom principles can be seen. In a child, kingdom principles can be seen. In the way that we worship, kingdom principles can be seen. In the way that we give an offering, in the way that we work and we receive a paycheck. We were created to want to be rewarded, to need to be rewarded but that's okay, because he said, I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. See, everything, he's all around us. His kingdom principles are all around us. He's trying to prove he's here. He's with us all the time. But we've got to slow down and see him. Now, let me share with you, and I'm going to try to be good, Jackie and Vicki and all the rest of my gardener friends, To understand, I had to do some research on what it means to be grafted in. Because God, why would you use this word here in in Romans 11, grafted in, unless there is an an illustration even deeper than the word itself. And so when I did the research on how do you graft a vine in, or a branch into the vine, or a branch into the root, listen carefully. First, the gardener cuts the wild branch that is, the, the root is dying, it, it's, it's, but they see life. They'll cut that off, they'll take it to the healthy root, the healthy vine, and they'll slice into its side. And they will stick that branch into that slice in the side of that root or that branch. And then they'll take cloth and they'll bind it to that branch or to that root, to that vine. And then as long as that branch stays connected to that vine... And it holds tight, that life-giving sap will come up and actually go into that new branch. And it will produce such a bond there that when it's done, when it has completely sealed itself to the vine, that cloth can be removed and you will not even be able to tell that it wasn't originally grown there. When Jesus hung on the cross, when he offered himself as the first fruit, what did they do to prove that he was dead? They pierced his side. And it said that water and blood flowed from that pierce in his side. And I wish I had time. All the illustrations of what water does and what blood does. And the terms that, that water and blood use. God uses over and over again in the word. The washing of the water of the word. The blood that cleanses. The blood that seals us in that new covenant. And it's in that pierced side that he places us... In his side. And I mean, I think it was... um, Oh, I I just lost his name. I think it was John G. Lake that, that cried, Bind me, Lord, to thee. Wrap me so tightly to thee that we are grafted in to his side. That's what it means to abide in. And so when then, if we look at John, I think it is in John 15. Let's turn there. I keep saying John 15 or John 14. Yeah. Yes, John 15. Jesus says... Starting in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He's looking, we talked about this last week, he's looking for his wandering children that are starting to turn their heart back to him, and he goes looking for them and says, I will cut you out of that wild bush. And I'll bring you home. And I will place you into the side of my son. Bind you to him. Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes when he was born. I'll wrap you to him. And his life-giving blood will cleanse you from all sin. That it's in that life-flowing blood that you will produce. Go on, let, come here, let's read it. He cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. Listen, he's telling them, you, you proceed in your unbelief, cutting you off. Why? I, and I didn't know this until I started doing research. Did you know that a dying branch will pull more nourishment from that root for nothing? It's good for nothing. And it has to be cut off or it can drain that plant, that vine of the nourishments that the other branches will suffer if it's not cut off. Yeah. So the vine the branches that bears no fruit with branches that does not bear fruit. Okay, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You already are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. This is red letter, Jesus saying this. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Come on, let's keep reading. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Listen, here's his command. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. He said, you are my friends if you do what I command. If. How many times did he say if, just in those few verses? If. If. See, there's conditions. At any time, you can choose not to believe. But he says, if you persist in that unbelief, going to have to cut you out. Set you aside. But then remember in Romans 11, he says, if at any time, listen, if any time... That they want to turn and say, I was wrong, and come home. He said, I will graft them in again. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, but you must remain in me. Now I can't see anything else but seeing myself placed in his side, in his pierced side. Continue to believe. That's that resoluteness inside and actions that prove. Continue to love God by obeying his commands. He said, if you love me, you're going to obey my commands. How can you remain in my love? Obey my commands and you'll remain in my love. (laughs) You can't separate love and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Oh, come on, some of you older ones, you should have known that. (laughs) But he also said, listen, and love others as I have loved you. Where have you heard that one before? What is the greatest command? Love God and love others. Yeah. And Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. He said, love others as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this that he what? Lay down his life. Well, Jesus said, you're supposed to love others as I have loved you. Have you laid down your life for others? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to crawl up on a cross? No, he says, carry your cross. Which means, in our days on earth, we need to be carrying that crucified life. That we will lay down our life for others. So that it doesn't matter if it hurts me. To love you, I'm going to love you. Doesn't matter what you say to me, what you do to me. If you reject me, if you don't agree with me, whatever. I'm going to love you. What? To the point of death. And we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. We started to get into that um, third message that I'll talk about next Sunday. Which is walking in the inheritance of a covenant child you have been given An inheritance. How do we walk into that? And that there's roadblocks at times to that receiving. And sorry, I totally just got distracted and lost my train of thought. But we talked about that Wednesday. That you have to be walking in that covenant agreement. You have to be walking in that love that goes beyond just What you'll receive from others. But you'll lay it down. And that's what we were talking about on Wednesday. That revelation Revelation says we will overcome him. By the blood of the lamb. By the word of our testimony. And we love not our life unto death. What simply means that we walk that crucified life for others. On behalf of others. We're carrying our cross with us. That's how we'll overcome him. Love God love others as Jesus has loved you listen a fruitless living is evidence of unbelief a fruitless life is evidence of unbelief and is in danger of being cut out why because it's draining the sap from the rest of the tree you 've become a hindrance now, hmm, not even a hindrance it's a stumbling block it's Have you ever had a a pain in your anywhere in your body that causes other parts of your body to bow you know I could I've told you before every once in a while I get this wayward toe that decides instead of going this way it wants to head that way real sharp yeah. and I could be standing barefoot and all of a sudden I get that feeling I look down at that one toe and he's not only going this way he's tucked himself up under and he starts to head that way and my ears will hurt <laughs> Right? I'm like, how can that one toe make my ears hurt? And I'll look at that and think, where are you going? What are you doing? And you can't walk the same. You can't, I mean, everything is affected by that one little toe. Going his own little way. And I think God puts these pains in our body at time to remind us that we are his body. And when we're not doing what we were created to do in that part of the body, the rest of the body is suffering. Suffering. Like that wayward toe and now all of a sudden we're crippled. You know? I've told you before, when when we're a body that's not doing what we're supposed to be doing, plugged in... Doing our part and supporting the other parts of the body. It's like a paraplegic Jesus. Because we are his body. And could you picture Jesus in a wheelchair. Going around saying I am the healer. I've come to heal. I am the life. The truth. The way. Follow me. Mm-hmm but we're the body and we are the representation of Christ. But if we're not plugged in doing our part, the whole body is suffering. And I'm going to put a pin in that because I started to hear the thoughts already in your mind. Well, what do you do if you're walking? You know, I've got a pain in my ankle right now. I've got a pain in the bottom of my foot that's been there for months. So what do you do when you're in pain? Are you all of a sudden not supposed to preach? Nope, that's a lie. Not supposed to pray for a... Nope, that's a lie. Let me say this and then I've got to jump out of it because it's for a message that I won't preach this, Sunday, this next Sunday, but the Sunday after. Which is, what do you do? How do you walk it out when your body is screaming something else? How do you walk out? How do you live as the body of Christ when your body is screaming something else. I'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Alright? So, but let me just assure you right now that anyone who's ever been in the military will tell you, you do not get disqualified from the army if you get shot at. You don't get disqualified from the army, navy, from the military, let me say it that way. So I include all the branches. You don't get disqualified if you get wounded in battle. As a matter of fact, their motto, I love it, is leave no man behind. But they also will scream at you, keep moving! Pick them up! Take them with us! Right? They don't all guys, stop fighting, let's just gather around, kumbaya, my lord oh, look at he's shot, oh let's just hug, oh no, pick him up let's get him, come on so don't get, don't get discouraged if your body or your situation, your life is screaming anything but perfection in Christ okay It's all right, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. So here it is. You have two main obligations as a grafted-in branch. Two obligations, and I want you to continue to picture that branch stuck in the side, bound with that cloth, receiving that life-giving sap. All right? You have that branch... That grafted-in branch has two main obligations. Number one, stay connected. Stay connected. And number two, receive that sap that will produce produce fruit. You can't produce fruit. You can't produce fruit. But that fruit, that that life-giving sap, will produce the fruit through you. So you two main obligations as that grafted-in branch: one, stay connected, and number two, receive that life-giving sap. And that's what we're going to focus on next Sunday. Next Sunday is Communion Sunday, and perfect timing. I mean, God acts like He knows what He's doing all the time. And, you know, like, he he knows, you know, that next Sunday for us is Communion Sunday. And so he's prepared a message that talks about that life-giving sap. That sacrifice, that first fruit offering. That that if the root, it says, is holy, the branches are holy. If that first fruit offering of the dough is holy, the whole batch is holy. So that life-giving sap, and then what that means... So our obligations staying connected, living as the body. I forgot to press the timer again. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, but I am wrapping up. yeah. Um, in Ephesians four. Ephesians chapter four, let me quickly) um, Ephesians 4:11 through 16. I, I won't read it just for time's sake, but I want you to understand that He's given us ministry, and you know this is Pastor Appreciation Sunday. That He, it's the fivefold ministry: the um, pastors, teachers, apostles, evangelists. What's the other one? I can't even remember. Anyway, the fivefold ministry. Jesus says those are my gifts to the church. Yes, it's hard for me to preach it since I'm a pastor here, um, but that aside, there are gifts to the church, and he explains in Ephesians 4 that they have a specific duty to the body, and that's to build the body up to do the work of the ministry. To build you up, to tell you, to keep encouraging you to keep going, stay connected. You know, each one of us, Psalm 139, God wrote a book about us, everything we're going to do, that he wants us to do, plans and dreams that he has for us, and then he knit us together in our mother's womb. Psalm 139. So he has all these plans and all these purposes for us, but he says that at any time we can choose to just do what we want to do, be selfish, I don't have to. I don't have to connect in the body. Somebody else can do that. Somebody else can do that. But the body was also designed, the body, the church body, was designed in such a way that your piece of the puzzle that's written about in your book fits perfectly in one of these slots. So without you, it suffers. And in Ephesians 4, like I said I wasn't going to read to you, I know, right? Oh, she said she wasn't going to read it. All right, here. Verse 11. It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature... Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Listen down in verse 16. From him, Jesus, the head, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You're like, well I don't know what I can do. Yes you do. Because everybody has a part to play in the body. Amen. Is there any part of your body that you could offer up today as not important? Anybody? Willingly? Here, you can have this part of my arm right here. I don't need it. This pink, that little pinky is very important to me even. Because I know what he feels like when he's not there. When he's trying to get out of his job. Every part has a part to play in the body. And so that's what I want to close with. Amy, if you'd come back up. I created these little connect cards. Which the staff, um, we talked about a few weeks ago. About having always available at the connection counter. These little cards. Because if you're not plugged into the body. The body's suffering without you. And so we quickly just listed a few ministries that came to the top of our head. And then we wrote down, we left space at the bottom of the card that just says if we miss something. Like I didn't put um, a video creator. I didn't put photographer on there. Voice over specialists. You just have a knack for standing in front of a camera and being able to communicate well. I need somebody like that. Because we have a whole bunch of videos that we're supposed to be producing right now that we're like, it's on our list here of things we got to do. And see, that's what happens in the church today. When the body isn't doing what God has gifted and created them to do, it goes on the pastor's to-do list. Because it still has to get done why Amy's teaching back in the children's ministry on Wednesday nights instead of being out here where I need her. You know, Pastor Denny is waiting to start children's ministry on Sunday morning. You know, there, I could go on a, a thousand different things. It, it's because it's all on now the pastor's to-do list instead of it's you. So um, is going to have those cards back there. As you leave, take one of those cards. Pray over it. If you don't know, which I'm afraid most of you do know, and you're just saying no to it, um, but pray over it. what he created you to do. So exclamation point by God, right there. Do it. We have no more time to wait. The body is supposed to be doing what it was created to do. Why? For the love of the people. God loves the people so much. That's why we remain on this earth because we are supposed to be the taste and see that the Lord is good. But if we're walking around lame, maimed and, you know, because the body isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing, you know, how appealing is that to somebody? So would you please stand before God has to put another exclamation point here. And who knows what he'll do? You are not your Number two, to the body. You belong to me. I belong to you. That's a picture. Did you know that? In a marriage. That the Bible says that you, wife, are no longer your own body. Your body belongs to your husband. Did you know that your body is no longer your own? Your body belongs to your wife. See, God has laid out his kingdom principles in our world so that we can see how good he is. That we can see the mystery of his will and his love and his plan for us by looking around. unique function that God designed to fit perfectly into his body so can we just pray right now can you just focus right now on God God we know your word is true God you said that you wrote a book about us before we were even born and that you created specific qualities in us, character in us, that will fit perfectly into your body, the church. And God, would you just reveal that to us right now. Reveal that to Him. Reveal that to each one. Hearing the sound of my voice right now, reveal that to him. Open up to that part in their book right now. Show him right now. Speak to him right now. Come on, listen. He's speaking it to you right now. The body is suffering without you. specific part to play in the body. We need you. We need you. The illustration God gave me, I remember a few months ago about the, the vacuum and that we have to plug in to the wall, right? The power, God, the power we have to plug into him and that when he t- sends us out into the world that we don't have to worry about how we're just the cord. <laughs> just stay connected but something that was revealed to me this morning through the message is we have to finally flip that on flip on that switch that vacuum can't do anything until we flip it on So until you say yes to the books God created for you, yes, God, I surrender to the books, the purposes, the plan, the part in the body that you've created for me, I flip that on today. I say yes to that today that we're waiting, the world is waiting. So say yes, say yes. Remember, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, though all its parts are many, they form one body, and so it is with Christ. As he's, if you haven't heard him speak something to you, just continue to keep your ears open. Tell him I'm listening. Come on, I'm listening. But let me speak to those of you, you may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And today is your day. Please don't leave until you've made this declaration that, God, I'm accepting your invitation to be adopted in as a covenant child. I surrender and I say yes. And today with my mouth, I profess, I confess. dead, and your word says that now I am saved, and he is, he's picking you up right now, you can see it in the word that we shared this morning, he's cutting you out of that old dead tree that you were being a part of, and he's grafting you in right now into his body, into Jesus, the true vine, and he's wrapping you him. And now would you just receive that forgiveness. Receive that life sap forgiveness that's cleansing you. Oh. The old man is dead. The old way is dead. Behold all things are new. Now your obligation is to stay bound to him. Abide in him and receive that life forgiveness that cleansing and he said if you remain in me my words remain in me you'll do what I command he said remain in my love and how do you remain in his love do what he commands and you will remain in me love God love others come on That was you today, and you made a commitment. We have uh, these little books, devotion books, we want to give you. We have a Bible if you need it. We want to pray with you. The Word tells us, encourages us to go and testify about it testify and tell others today I made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior so let us be the first one you tell and come up and see us But I'm just wanting to open up the altars right now, I want you to come up I want you to worship we all know that this is how we close our our messages uh, uh, our Sunday service is that we don't run out there's a seed that's been sown and that seed needs to take root in your heart so come up and just spend
2: The King of glory is time for the sleeper. the great life King of Glory, in, let the King of Glory hang around you, heavenly praise. Let the King of Glory, in, let the King of Glory in, come riding on your people's praise. Let the King of Glory you yeah. Bring wide in heavenly gates Let the King of glory Let the King of glory Come riding on your people's face Let the King of glory Glory, let the King of Glory come
1: riding on your. Peak.